Let's get scratching. We got an explosive broadcast coming to you. Listen up. Sega games, just keep playing them. Sega! We're back. It's the Sega Bit Swing Report Show. Get ready for Sega interviews and news with George and Barry. Hello and welcome to the Segabit Swing and Report Show. I'm Barry. George will not be joining us this episode. He is off in the distant fantasy zone. But on this episode, we have a very special guest. It's Martin Brands of Cook and Becker, who have a Sonic the Hedgehog 25th anniversary art book releasing very soon. So let's get him on the line and find out more about the project. Hello? Hey, Martin. How's it going? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for taking the time to talk. Let's dive right in it. So you are Martin Brands, and you are the CEO of Cook & Becker, am I right? That's correct. Oh, wow. So um, before we get into, you know, the whole whole business side of things, I always like to ask people when we have them on. Oh, and I should mention George isn't with us today. It's just me. Um, Okay. But uh, I like to ask, what console did you grow up with and what were your favorite games? I grew up with um, home computers. Um, So I'm from Europe uh, and I'm a kid from the 80s. Uh, At that time, we we had home computers like the the MSX and the the Commodore uh, 64, which were very popular. not so much outside Europe, I believe, uh, at that time. Uh, and my first console that I was really obsessed about and the first one that I was able to buy as a kid was the Super Nintendo. Okay. Um, and my favorite games on it, oh, that's too, much, too, much, too many to mention. Um, Super Mario World at the time, which was the, the default game that everybody had on the machine. Uh, I was a big Castlevania fan. Um... I played a lot of Street Fighter, mm-hmm. <laughs> so there was uh, the Super Nintendo was my first love, but also the Sega Genesis, which I wasn't wow. able to afford. But um, what we used to do is we go to the video store on weekends, and um, this is a long time ago. You were able to rent like the, well, what we call the Mega Drive mm-hmm. um, for a weekend, so you got it in a box and you could rent it with a couple of games. So. Um, uh, and on that console, I was a big fan of uh, well Sonic and uh, Shinobi. Shinobi, Shinobi. That was Shinobi, uh, yeah. yeah. That was um, that uh, that holds a special place for me. Oh wow! So yeah, I'm always interested in that. I, I, it's not so much a cultural divide, but it's just such a different experience between European kids of the '80s and you know American kids. We, I, I, we computers were never really a big thing in terms of you know like just using them as dedicated gaming consoles in the eighties. It's, it's, it seems like a real yeah, European that's, yeah. thing. That's true. Uh, not too long ago, I watched that, um, uh, a documentary about, um, the ET cartridge for the Atari, uh, 2600, I think. Yeah. It was the, probably the first Atari home console, mm-hmm. which was a, a massive hit in the U S and the Nintendo eight bit system. Uh, and it was interesting for us from a, from a European perspective to see that because I knew a couple people that had Ataris, um, quite a lot of people that had an NES, but uh, most of us were all really on the on the on, on these home computers uh, like uh, like the Commodore, the the MSX, uh, and which is a really early PC games, which tends to be really a, a UK thing and a European thing, yeah. Yeah, for me, it was really, it was uh, Sega Genesis, and then I'd play NES at my friend's houses. And then yeah. at school, we had the the old Apple computers, and we would play a lot of the, um, I'm not sure if you're, you know about them, the MECC games from the uh, Minnesota Educational Cons- Computing Consortium, and they made Oregon Trail. Um, yeah, I know that one. Odell yep. Lake. And it's, it's I mean, it's completely off topic. I, I think that's a fascinating part of history. I'm actually from Minnesota. So as a kid, you were like, oh, wow, they're making games in our state, you know, education. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so well, I, was, I, I was a huge game nerd as a kid. I was I was uh, I was pretty early on. I was really obsessed with the uh, um, 
just with, with, with games in general. Not not really computing. I mean, I have an older brother that I started to come back with. That was also into programming and understanding the machines. Uh, I was just uh, I don't know. I was just captivated by video games. Very early age. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely of the side where I just I just like the games. I really don't know how they work. George is more the technical side. That's why I think we get along so well. Okay. Um, <laughs> But uh, so video games obviously did have an impact on you and your career. I want to talk about how Cook and Becker began. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Um, I used to be in video game development. Uh, I used to have a video game studio myself. Um, done various things in, in the business, really rolled into it from, uh, from, uh, well, from, from, from another career, more in advertising and marketing. Um, but working with uh, in the video games industry with a lot of the the talent that I saw there in terms of the the, the artists working in on on on, the, on in these studios on these games, uh, I was really fascinated by that. And uh, I, well, art is another big passion of mine. So it's it's games, but also art. And quite early on, it really stuck with uh, some of the pieces and the designs I saw artists working on in, in, in the studio I was working in at the time. And I thought, well, I would like a print. Or I would like to have that piece on my wall in my house, uh, but done well, you know, mm-hmm. printed well, not like a, a poster or uh, so really done, uh, done in, in, in a good way. That sort of went on the on that idea went on the back burner for a couple of years because it was too busy with uh, just well making video games and doing other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I was done doing that, um, I was thinking about a new venture, a uh, new thing to do, and that's where Kukumbecker really started. Uh, and I talked to my brother with the with the same idea, and we shared the same passions. Uh, we talked this over and he thought, okay, let's start an art gallery, an art business focused on um, digital art. Uh, we know how it's made. We know what's, that it's an interesting area. We were a little bit frustrated that uh, within the art world, contemporary art, when we, go, when we went to an art fair, there was so little attention for what we thought was this huge part of well, our visual culture. Mm-hmm. Video games have played a huge part in, and still do in, in shaping our visual culture and our time and all the talent that's in the studio. And we thought, okay, we 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 want to we want to do something with this. And um, that was really the genesis of uh, of Kukenbecker as a, as an art business. Hmm. And so, really, your your kind of primary goal is to elevate video game art. Would yeah, it was. A, yeah, that, that's one of the goals. Um, so yeah, we wanted to showcase uh, what all these, these artists were doing in in uh, in, uh, in these studios. Uh, we wanted to um, really reproduce at, at a very high level uh, what of what of the designs that we saw that we that we saw both from classic games but also from from new games concept art. Really make high grade prints that you can collect. Um, also that, that we can preserve um, because, for example, our prints are really of, a, of an archival quality, so they will not fade or discolor. Uh, they will stay in a pristine condition for decades. Um, so there was showcasing the art. There was a bit of a, um, um, yeah archival, um, uh, well, again, uh, what's the word? keeping the history a little bit or, or making sure that we document history, video game history, video game art, uh, and also for just for collectors to make sure that we, uh, that they can have an, a nice piece in their home uh, from either artistically interesting games, uh, games that have an interesting, uh, an important history or just stuff that looks cool. <laughs> <laughs> where, where did the name come from cook and becker because obviously your last name isn't either one of those no 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 that's an uh, that's an interesting story is uh it's um uh, so me and my brother my co-founder we were working uh, we were starting uh, thinking about the business and we thought okay well we need what shall we name the business which is always uh <laughs> an interesting uh, an interesting to do and uh we were walking around and well what we didn't want to do is have a name with games in it or geek or nerd or something like uh, very fan-based because we thought that would really pigeonhole uh, the audience and us as a business and we mm-hmm. really wanted to make sure that we could go to 
like a contemporary art fair, which we which we done a lot, especially in the beginning of Kukumbecker, and just hang video game, video game related art, digital art there. Um, so we wanted a name that would be a little less tied to to games or fandom, which is a um, and just a little bit more broad. Um, and then we were, we were working, walking around. Um, the show is called Tefaf, which is in uh, in the Netherlands, which is one of the five big art shows in the world on a yearly basis. Um, for some inspiration to see what was there, we saw all these old galleries, decades, well, from from the 1900s with all these double or triple names, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all these class, really classical sounding names. And we thought, well, let's do something like that, and that's uh, and then just find two names that sound good together uh and make sure we have a like an image or a brand that sounds very classical like we've been around for a long time that became a kukenbecker oh wow uh, we even made a little if you see our logo like a little shield like a crest I did. Um, um and for fans if you really look closely the crest really looks a lot like the the shield from zelda <laughs> so that's uh <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. a bit of a yeah it's a, it's a bit of a joke and uh um but it stuck and uh we're and we also and also we wanted something that sounded good for a lot of people around the world so in in many languages kukenbecker is a uh is a is a is a brand name and a, and, and, and a company name that you can um, easily uh pronounce yeah, I, I'll admit when I reached out to you, I was like, gosh, I hope Mr. Cook or Mr. Becker will allow this interview. They sound like <laughs> very, like I, I imagine two men with monocles, but they have all this video game art and they're like, hey, what, do, what do you say, Cook? Well, let, let, we'll see, Becker, we'll see, you know. <laughs> well, that's good to hear because that's that's sort of what, what we were going for. Uh, we even, uh, when we when we thought about the brand, we thought we, we were thinking about maybe two characters one which was a little bit more classical the other a little bit more modern uh so yeah we definitely had that idea and um it's also good for us because uh, and it's always it's kind of funny when we're doing a trade show or people still ask us about okay uh, mr cook or mr becker or who are cook and becker <laughs> uh, <laughs> and it's just uh well it's just the founders are really me and my brother but uh, we didn't want to do it like um we, we we didn't really want to tie the name to our, uh, the business to our own names, right? No, and I, I think that's smart. You know, you see a lot of like you mentioned, you know, a lot of geek and nerd being used, and I, I don't have a problem with that. But it always kind of pigeonholes you into more of a kind of snarky, pop culturey kind of goofy sort of label. I, I just I couldn't I could probably imagine that you wouldn't get an art gallery to probably you know give you as much respect should you come at them with like geekyart.com or something like that yeah exactly it's uh it's um for us it was unnecessary limiting ourselves if we would go for a name like that and also and also this we we tend to venture a little bit to the left and to the right in terms of of, of our focus not everything is 100 percent game related what we do and uh and also yeah we wanted to to make sure because i'm 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 a huge uh, game fan and um, um, I've been playing video games for for well, for decades now. Uh, but I wouldn't necessarily. I don't associate myself really really with the whole fan culture or the geek culture. Only up to a certain level because mm-hmm. I still care about. You know, I don't. I'm not. Bl- I'm not a blind enthusiast of of any brand. The game needs to be good or the art needs to be interesting. So it wasn't really something that for both me and my brother was something that we really identified ourselves with, even though there's a huge overlap. And I mean, we're super fans of certain games, uh, mod, both modern and classic. So, but yeah, it's, um, and it, it, it does, it has helped us to, to get into um, either exhibitions or retail or partner galleries, which I think we wouldn't have gotten that far if we would have like a, that geek or nerd type of name. Hmm. I was curious, what are your thoughts on the whole our video games art debate? I feel like it's kind of cooled over the past five years. People have started to accept it more, but I was, I was wondering what your take was. Yeah, it's a good one. Um, for me, it's, it, it's a, it has always been pretty obvious. Uh, you have creators and they create something and what is their intention when they set out to create it? 
uh, that's usually and that's also what we do with Kuchenbecker when uh, when we when we approach an artist if they themselves identify as, as an artist or as a designer or um, none of those and they just want to make entertainment so if there's a game maker that wants to that sees themselves as an artist that creates art which is uh, through the games medium then that's art uh, yeah. <laughs> that's uh, that's that's as simple as we as we look at look into it um it the, the um the discussion is always has undertone of games or game makers wanted, wanting some recognition or being taken seriously by the outside world. Mm-hmm. Um, and like uh, it's artistically legitimate and always just like, like this defensive position. Um, and we, we never really concern ourselves with that. Um, like I said, um, there is a lot of, and I'm re- and I'm really into art, all kinds of art, art literature, visual art, but uh, some of the the if if I talk about art with 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 other people that are not necessarily gamers but are really more into art, and I have the list uh, of um, uh, some life changing experiences or artworks that I've seen in my life. There's definitely a lot of games in there, and not necessarily like the arty games, because I consider a game like Res for the Dreamcast mm-hmm. uh, really. Um, a revelatory interactive art experience, but even Grand Theft Auto to me is a is a is a fantastic work of work of art. So that's uh, I'm rambling a bit, I think, but that's yeah. more <laughs> that's sort of where I where I sit there. I always find it to be an interesting debate, so I just wanted to find out what your thoughts were on it. Um, as far as uh, your whole work with Sega, how did the initial deal come about? I know you've done some prints before this Sonic book came out. Do you want to talk a little bit about that process? Yeah. Um, the initial contact and our partnership with Sega came about. Um, so it, it, a big part of the business for Cook and Becker is that we try to identify an interesting game and we ask a publisher or studio if there's interesting concept art that we can create a print of. Uh, or multiple prints uh, and with modern games um, like uh, last year we did The Witcher or Destiny uh, of course that's there or The Last of Us there, and there's interesting work um, and we were talking about Sega and looking at what we really liked about Sega and some of the IPs and the brands that they have a lot of them were classic like Sonic, Golden Axe, Shinobi uh, I'm a big fan of Jet Set Radio um, and then there wasn't really that much art that we could use from the archives. Uh, and you have to understand that for us, uh, there, usually there's art, but then it's uh, low resolution. For us to be able to make a, an art print, uh, a file needs to be very high resolution. So it can't be 72 DPI, which is the standard for screens. It needs to be 300 DPI. Um, so to give you an idea, Roughly, if you have a, a, an internet image, which is 72 dpi, it needs to be about 5,000 pixels wide for us to be able to make a print that is 20 inches, 20 mm-hmm. inches wide. So you need really big files to to be able to do a good art print. Uh, and with all the games, all the computers, um, that's not really uh, that's not always the case. Or the archives have not been maintained that well or stuff that's interesting is just not there or can't be scanned anymore. So we're thinking about, okay, Sega has all these great IPs and all these great brands. What can we do with that? And then we thought, well, why don't we ask uh, some of the artists that we know from the industry that grew up with video games, what would be their favorite, uh, what was their favorite Sega game when they grew up? Um, And let's ask them to redraw or do a poster uh, or a print uh, based on their own design, but officially licensed together with Sega because we really care about doing everything in an official capacity, so not to do fan art. Mm-hmm. Um, and for example, with the Jet Set Radio print that we did, uh, which is really cool, is that the, the artist working on it, we got to send the designs over to Japan uh, to the people that worked on Jet Set Radio, they give directions on what to tweak and what to change. We get it back. So it was really uh, like a collaborative effort with 
the original people that made the games, which which was really cool to us. Wow. And that that series of um, uh, what we call heritage or tribute prints, that was our first contact with uh, with Sega, and uh, we both uh, we got a lot of PR attention for it. We got a lot of great prints. Uh, it, it has been a bit slow last year just because it was so busy uh, with us at the company to do, to do new stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, we we, we, um, we really liked it and we want to continue with it. Um, and so we had a great relationship with Sega and we did this really cool Sonic print. Uh, Paul Fehr, who is a, um, well, quite a known pixel artist, he did a, a, a really cool uh, Sonic print, pixel art print. Um, and we got to talking about, okay, Sonic is going to become, well, his 25th anniversary is coming up. Um, do, do you maybe have, Sega just asked us, do you maybe have any ideas of what we could do with that? And that's how the book idea um, came about. Interesting. Yeah, that, that piece of Sonic art, um, what I found very notable about it and a lot of fans noticed is it's really the first licensed piece of in a long time to feature some characters. Was there any pushback on featuring all these characters? Like I'm seeing Fang and, you know, some of the Sonic the Fighters characters. No, it's uh, was really Paul's, uh, Paul's uh, idea. And he's a huge Sonic fan. Uh, when, we, when, we, when we were making the book and I wanted to second opinion or we had some questions on, uh, on, uh, on, on some characters, he was our go-to guy to, to really uh, so he's, he's a massive fan and he knew so he knows a lot about Sonic and he know, really knows how to draw Sonic and um, hmm. so that's uh, that has been uh, so that's been his own idea and he, he basically created this poster with all the characters we submitted it to Sega um, they gave uh, Sonic team in the US gave us some feedback on um, mixes uh, classic with modern Sonic, which is a bit, uh, w- which is a bit unusual, hmm. um, like the green eyes thing and um, some of the designs of the characters. They gave some directions on how to change it, but they never uh, said that we couldn't use a certain character, which was uh, which was pretty cool. Oh wow! Um, yeah, I've noticed in the past few years that Sega's really kind of shifted how they market their their stuff. I don't know if maybe someone new in the company, some sort of you know, higher up, but like, you know, with yourself, with data discs, doing um, those vinyl soundtracks, have you ever considered doing any kind of team up with data discs or, or have you ever even like talked to these guys who are doing the, the vinyls? Uh, not yet. No, 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 not yet. So it's, uh, um, we, we've been busy with, um, well, first the prints, and then last year with the book, which was a massive undertaking. So, uh, um, no, we've never considered doing a team up, but that could always happen. I mean, we're we're open to it. Uh, for us, Sega has been great to work with, really open uh, from from um, open to new ideas. So, it, uh, for us, it's been a great partner. I really I really enjoyed working, uh, and we really enjoy working with them. So, that's uh, I hope I hope we can do more. Hmm. Yeah, you, and you've made books in the past. I mean, you've you've talked about your prints, but you've done some books. The Sonic Art book is the first Sega book, however. Um, so, was it Sega who suggested this, or was it was it the other way around? It was actually the other way around. It's um, so Sega posed a question to us. Okay, the the anniversary is coming up. Um, we had the Sega print. We were thinking maybe doing a series of smaller prints or uh, like a like a yeah, set of smaller. Because I understand Kukumega is a bit of a, well, we're, I think we're a premium brand. Our products, I know our products are not cheap. Um, that is also a little bit deliberate because um, the way we make these prints is just very, very expensive. Uh, like I said, we... Uh, uh, we want to make sure that the uh, the printers are really archival quality. It's, it's it's printed by one of the best master printers in Europe. Uh, we took take a lot of time and effort to really get everything right. So it's just a very expensive procedure to make, and hence the the product is uh, um, the the prints themselves are are, um, um, are well they are not cheap. So we were mm-hmm. thinking, could we do because could we do something that's smaller, smaller prints maybe that makes it a little bit more affordable to more people? Um, 
that's there was still a challenge and then we were doing some research and i i, I to my amazement um we found out there were there was never had never been an official sonic the hedgehog uh or art book mm-hmm. uh which was a, a a big surprise for us so <laughs> we ca- we came back that there was the official there was an unofficial sonic history book uh but nothing official from sega and we just went back to sega and we proposed okay um how about a sonic an official sonic 25th anniversary art book and they said yes to it so uh that was uh that was a that was a great experience <laughs> that's awesome yeah I'm, uh, yeah yeah it was a big surprise to us as well i'm very very glad that you're making one because this has long been something that i've asked them for i actually uh we interviewed aaron weber of the, yep. the PR team. And we talked to him, I think a little over a year and a half ago. And at the end of the interview, he said, I, I, I always make weird requests for merchandise to him. I always want them to bring back the food items and things like that. Yeah. But, uh, he said, you know, like, is there anything you want? And I said, I want an art book. And he goes, Oh, that's interesting. I'll bring it up with the marketing guys. And I was like, Oh, and then when I saw this announced, I'm like, yes, I did it. <laughs> just kidding. <no. laughs> but it was just, it was very, very cool to see it. It being made and also being made by uh, Cook and Becker because I, you know, I've seen your stuff. It's really high quality, really great, and I was just glad that it was you. I'm not, you know, throwing shade at any other any other companies, but it's just it's a good it's a good fit, and what I've seen looks really great. Well, thank you. Yeah, I, we were very honored that we that we were able to make the book. Um, I mean, Sonic. Is a, and I'm I'm by no means the the the, the biggest Sonic fan in, in, in the world. Uh, I really love the character and I love the games. Um, but it's such an iconic character, and uh, this was really fantastic. First, fantastic opportunity to work on the book, and uh, yeah, and we we really want to yeah, we're really focused on quality as a company. We don't do a lot of books. Actually, we don't do. Uh, we we will maybe do one or two a year. Uh, but when we do one, we want to do it, make it the, really the best we can, like 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 we do with everything. Um, and uh, yeah, and I, it was just fantastic. The Sega was open to it, and we proposed some visual designs and some 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 way to do it. And I have a, um, a prototype here for the book. Well, like a like a first edition. It's it's a it's a huge book. It's uh it's uh. It's uh, unfortunately uh, we suffered the production delay on the book, so we will, we need a couple a couple of weeks to 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 get it shipped out still. But it's um, I'm really pleased with how it turned out. Well, you're definitely going to make the uh, 25th anniversary before it ends in June. I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we yeah, we we uh, we will still be in the uh, <laughs> we will still be in the anniversary year. Yeah. Right. Oh, you're you're beating the games, so that's good. You know, the new yeah. game coming out. <laughs> Um, which also have been delayed, uh, but for good reasons as well. Um, I was wondering, what were your thoughts on past Sonic art books and just art video game art books in general? And were there any design elements that you wanted to improve upon with your book? Um, well, uh, like I said, so for Sonic, uh, there were, there's the history book. And when we did research online, um, and also on forums and, and community sites such as yourselves or Sonic Retro, people, let's say the hardcore fans, um, already know you know a lot about the, the history of Sonic. Is I think well, pretty well documented. If you wanted to know um, um, the history of Sega, how everything came about, uh, what happens to the, the past twenty-five years, because the history of Sonic is of course very much tied to the history of Sega. We thought, okay, we'll we'll tackle that, but not super in depth. Um, and us being an art company, let's focus on the design of Sonic, mm. the visual design of Sonic and the Sonic games, uh, which we thought was a very interesting take. Uh, also, because Sonic really dramatically changed over the, over the last year. There's the classic Sonic era. There's modern Sonic. Um, there's Sonic Boom. Uh, now there's there sort of going down there is sonic mania again which is sort of like coming full circle mm-hmm. uh, and which we we thought that was very interesting and we really approached it from like an open perspective uh wanted to make a book that is new and has interesting art and new stuff that also the the, the fans will really like or maybe have not seen before or have not seen in this way before or explained in this way before but also 
uh, and that's been that's been really great about this book. Uh, people that know Sonic, but very because but very superficially, that for them it's also a, a cool book. So it's also for novices or let's say not 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 people that really follow the character or know a lot about the character, other than that it's uh, that it that is that it's been a cultural icon. Mm-hmm. So in that book, so in this book, we wanted to tackle um, well, do something for for both those audiences. Yeah, I was curious, you know, you talked about how difficult it is to find high res images. I, I work as a designer, so I know the pain. Yeah, um, it, it can be very difficult. Uh, there's even, you know, recent recent stuff. Um, there's some Sonic Generations images that I cannot find high res images of. I've even reached out to Sega. They can't find them. So it's it's, you know, it's difficult. Um, I was curious, how did the sourcing process go with Sega and did did you go to visit any physical archives, or did they send you anything? Physically? Um, yeah, they did send us. Uh, they sent us a lot of things. So what we usually do, uh, what we did, what we've done with the Killzone book as well, which was our first book, which was also like a fifteen year archive, is that we we approach it and said, give us everything, anything, <laughs> anything that you're lying around, any archive, any zip drive anything you can find and we'll we'll sort it out so we'll we'll do the sorting we'll go through it we'll go through that process of trying to f- making find the images and seeing if if they're a high res enough because it, we of course we found a lot of images that unfortunately we couldn't use because it's just the, the resolution is not um uh, you can't print it basically that's mm-hmm. uh, which is a shame um so that was the first pause and then for us, it was we, we spent uh, well probably a month, month and a half mapping that out, putting everything that we had next to each other. And there were uh, high-res renders from the modern Sonic. Um, of course, there's the pixel art, um, but limited in, in a way. Um, or all the images that people have, have seen before. Um, there were interesting images from... Um, well, now I forgot his name. Was it Duncan or, uh, or Greg? The Greg artist Martin. Did, yeah, Greg Martin. Yeah. Um, we, we there were uh, um, scans of of the some of the paintings of his in the in the archive, and then we started working on the book, and then that's that's where an interesting process happened, um, and we started doing interviews with um, Isuka and Hoshino, uh, Mr. Hoshino-san, uh, Yuukawa uh, about this book and this. But more and more and more stuff sent to us uh, while we were making the book. Uh, people uh, that, that went to their own archives. Uh, um, uh, so there was a, and, and then more and more stuff uh, really, uh, really, uh, really came back. And uh, one of the, I think one of the, the really cool book is from, from Mr. Kasuyuki Hoshino-san is that he provided a lot of sketches and scans from his original sketchbooks on, uh, on Sonic. CD and uh, uh, from uh, from uh, Uekawa, uh, son, we received a lot of sketches and designs for uh, Sonic uh, Adventure, mm-hmm. Sonic Adventure One and Two. Uh, so while we were developing the book, um, um, yeah, we, we we started receiving more and more stuff. <laughs> so that's uh, that, so that's been very helpful. Oh wow! Were there any major discoveries that you found, like something that no one has ever seen before, just some crazy design that was never used for yeah. a well-known character? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think um, what's in the book we have concept drawings, called concept drawings from for all the level designs in Sonic Two, which is, um, um, I think. Well, let's maybe um, let's say ninety-nine percent sure. Before never been seen before. Mm. Um, we have a lot of sketch work from uh, from uh, Sonic CD, uh, Sonic Three, which is uh, which has ne- never been published before. We have the um, um, let's say the very first drawings with um, the bunny before Sonic became uh, Sonic in in a high resolution. So uh, high quality scans that so that we were able to print that big. Um, so there's uh, yeah I think there's um, uh, there's a lot of uh, sketching and uh, concept material there which is uh, which is new to people especially at this quality level because uh, if you go online you, you can find some 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 stuff and some materials but uh, 
we got new scans from Sega, also Sega Japan, uh, new high-res scans from some material. So, um, and what's really cool, we asked the community also if they had stuff um, uh, that we could use, um, and some interesting results as well. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, do you have a favorite and perhaps even least favorite piece of Sonic art? What I like, um, well, the, the two Sonics that made the biggest impression on me were, well, Sonic 1, uh, just the very first one, which was very revolutionary uh, because of it was so speedy and new and colorful at the time. And the other one was uh, Sonic Adventure, Sonic Adventure 1 and 2. I remember seeing that uh, uh for the first time in a store, running in a store, and I was very impressed with uh, with, uh, with with how that looked. Um, so it was really cool to have that in the book. Uh, I've always really liked that the gravity style from uh, from Sonic Adventure. That redes basically the first redesigns were uh, going from classic Sonic to to, to modern Sonic. That gravity style, um, I've always really liked it. And what I personally really like is just the pixel art, the in-game art. Uh, it's just just fascinating how much and and design and and uh, they were able to those artists were able to communicate in just a couple of frames and just a couple of pixels, which is really impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so all the limitations that they have and being able to uh, to uh, to to make something so expressive. Uh, that's I really like that. So for us, it was also very important to have the pixel art in the book um, and done well. Um, we have a couple of really cool spreads, like uh, over three pages with some of the classic level designs from Sonic 1, Sonic 2, Sonic CD. Um, the, so we, 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 we made sure not to only focus on, on the drawings, but also just the in-game art because um, that's the end result. And that I think it's very powerful, uh, very powerful. Hmm. Yeah, uh, renders are something that few, I think, people talk about a lot when it comes to video game art. Are we going to see a lot of renders in this book? Yeah, definitely. So it's uh, the book is really uh, capturing uh, Sonic, uh, well, from the very first Sonic to... We closed the book at Sonic Boom uh, wow. because Sonic Mania was sort of... Um, well, it's 2017 and we focused on 1991 till 2016. And we wanted, we wanted to show all the design phases of Sonic as a character. So all the games, all, all the major games, all the major, uh, was all the games that had an impact on the design direction of Sonic as, as a character visually, uh, we tackle. Hmm. So of course, in the in the in the in the modern era, there's are like. Um, uh, on the Nintendo DS, you have Sonic Rush. Um, well, you, you had a lot of games on 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 the, on the Nintendo DS, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll have ma- we'll not go into depth on all those games because, but we'll we'll definitely show, uh, let's say, the key render or the key pixel version of uh, Sonic in that game. <laughs> so it's not it's not um, it's not like I said it's not meant as a complete history of Sonic where we where we mention well there's a soft talk in the in the in the back of the book that lists every every Sonic game ever mm-hmm. so it's complete in that way but we definitely give more pages to uh, the games the time periods where Sonic and and the, and the Sonic universe underwent the most changes. And so you mentioned Sonic Boom having a uh, appearance at the end. Do any of the other uh, TV shows or multimedia projects get a mention? Uh, yeah, we we do mention it. Um, we focus on Sonic Boom in a way uh, that um, well, he he he, he tails um, Knuckles, uh, uh, Eggman, or Robotnik. They all have a very different visual style uh, in, uh, in Sonic Boom be it the games or the uh, the animation series mm-hmm. um and that's what we, that's what we wanted to show and also to to explain that that is sort of like a parallel universe or a parallel timeline next to the development uh that happened from classic sonic to modern sonic mm-hmm. so uh, it's um so we show it and we explain it uh we explain some of the design decisions behind uh, uh, the redesign for sonic boom um so 
in that way. But it's really focusing on uh, on uh, the design of Sonic and why are things the way they are. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we did the interviews, um, I went to uh, I personally went to uh, to um, uh, Team Sonic in in Burbank, uh, and we interviewed um, uh, Yui Naga Remote and Mr. Urakawa San Remote. But I also went to uh, to the, to the studio Team Sonic. Uh, we had some very basic questions like, okay. Why is Sonic blue? Why is he this shade of blue? <laughs> Why did he change the color blue? Uh, why does Sonic collect rings? Uh, so really, these really, really, uh, uh, maybe, yeah, stupid questions maybe, but really these really uh, very uh, elementary questions. Okay, why does Sonic collect rings? Why Why are the rings in the game? So we, 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 we really did ask a lot of those questions. <laughs> Did they did they bring up Santa Claus or Michael Jackson at all? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, <laughs> they were they, no, they were very open, and also uh, uh, of course a lot of the design decisions were shaped because Sega was in a competition with uh, uh, with uh, with Nintendo, uh, and Sonic was born from uh, uh, the idea. Okay, uh, Mario is super popular, and we need something to to um, to to rival that something that that that's as good as uh, that we can compete with with Nintendo. So they were also very open about uh, about uh, all the all the elements that 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 played a part in in, in shaping Sonic the, the way uh, the way he, um, the way he turned out. Uh, mm-hmm. But also about uh, Sonic of course the, re- the 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 redesign from classic to modern Sonic was very interesting because it's very um, Sonic's appearance, that's what we've learned, is very much, and the Sonic games are very much tied to um, the level of technology uh, and what is technologically capable at the time. So the, the team really thought about, okay, what what is this, what is the platform this game is going to appear upon and what can we do with that? So, um, of course, with all the 3D rendering power, it was a... Um, it was it was a long time wish to get Sonic into 3D. And they yeah. tried it in the Sega Saturn era, uh, and the and the technology wasn't far far enough advanced. Uh, and then with the Dreamcast, um, it was. But you know, it's a uh, it's uh, a lot of interesting practical things. Um, like for example, at a certain, all of a sudden, Sonic has uh, soles at the bottom of his feet, and his legs become longer, and that all had to do with technological uh, changes. You mentioned the souls. He actually stepped on the the collector's edition, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you, for for the for the fans, uh, it's uh, he, uh, yeah, yeah. He has a, he stepped on the collector's edition, and the the angle of his feet is the uh, uh, the idle animation for Sonic that uh, that he's uh, that he's standing still and he's tapping his feet. Oh wow, that's, oh, that's uh, really cool. yeah. So that's really uh, that's uh, that's uh, that was the, that was the idea behind uh, the the two souls. <laughs> did um did sonic 2006 have much of a, a appearance in the book i know it's kind of a something sega doesn't always like to talk about they've talked about it a little bit more now it's um i was just curious yeah it's it's featured in the book uh with one or two pages um it's at that point sonic let's say the design of sonic and uh, and uh, his his 3d appearance uh, was, was sort of fleshed out, so there's not a lot that you can say that happened in terms of redesign or extra design. Um, but we do show um, we do show it in the book. So the book has a lot of the a lot of the key renders, some of the key images of of let's say let's say the, um, if I say this correctly, like what what we called let's say the key Sonic games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, because I, I, I do know that there was concept art. Um, from Sonic 2006, and I, I, I mentioned the least favorite art. Um, there was a, a rendering, and it was an attempt to give Sonic real fur, and that just okay. does not work for me. It just kind of it made it a little too real, and it kind of put me off. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So I guess uh, I mean, if if you want to use it in terms of like uh, art that gives a negative reaction intentionally maybe it would work but <laughs> it just it was very interesting and now i look back and i'm like i'm just fascinated by it i'm fascinated by the whole process where they said you know let's like you said you know design sonic based on what the um hardware is capable of and i feel like that's what they did 
to the like turned it up to 11 with uh, yeah. Sonic 2006 because Eggman yeah. was a real person you could see his little blue eyes and it was just it's interesting I it put me off just you know I I mean art subjective but it just it seemed odd to me but um yeah it's uh it's um so for the for the main characters um so there's uh, Sonic and Knuckles Tails uh, Amy Shadow Eggman Rob- or Robotnik. Um, we have uh, each character has multiple pages in the book separate to them that shows their design evolution from the very first one up until Sonic Boom. So for um, what what the the um, is it Eggman or Robotnik in the U.S. I forgot. Uh, well, it was Robotnik up until Sonic Adventure Two, and then they changed it to Eggman and just said Robotnik was like a family name. Or ah, okay. Like yeah. So all the all the major design changes for Eggman are in the book. So from his very first um drawing which was which was um more like a bee 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 type like a character sort of like a bee in the very first <laughs> uh when Sonic still had a had 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 the had the band and uh he had this alternative universe all the way up until um it also captures that that suddenly that very realistic humanoid look for Sonic the Hedgehog, Sonic the Hedgehog 2006. Uh, so for every character we do that. So you see the design changes, and I think uh, for in the book when we introduce Sonic the Hedgehog, the, the 2006 version, uh, we focus more on uh, the introduction of Silver the Hedgehog, which is a oh. new character that comes into the game at that point. And we have some concept sketches for for Silver the Hedgehog in his final rendering. Yeah, there are a lot of Silver fans. I'm I'm not of that generation, but man, you you bring up Silver and uh, <laughs> they they pile on you. Like, I love Silver, and I'll admit I I kind of like the look of the character in the um, recent Archie comics. They actually gave him more of a Marty McFly kind of you know like Back to the Future because he can time travel. Yeah, and I kind of like that because all of a sudden I was like, oh, he's like. Marty McFly in in the Sonic universe, where he's just like, "What's going on, Doc? Why are we traveling through time?" So, yeah, uh, that's cool. Yeah, I mean, Sonic has a lot of interesting uh, characters. That's also that was one of the hardest things to to because a book is, is is limited in terms of the page count. Okay, what do we focus on, and which characters do we focus on? Um, so, what are really like the the, the series staples that really? are there from the beginning or almost the beginning up until the end. Mm. Uh, so some characters we give more, well, more pages also because there's more, we, we had more designs and more sketches. Um, um, and Archie comics is, uh, is interesting because unfortunately we weren't able to use uh, the Archie comic imagery in the book. Mm. We had a lot of scans and we had a lot of designs and we do talk about it. So we do mention, uh, Sonic's appearance outside of the games in uh, merchandising, in comics, um, and we have some comic drawings. There was also European comics separate from the the Archie. Uh, there was a comic in the in the UK and a UK and a comic in France, but unfortunately we couldn't print the Archie comic covers hmm. or any uh, well basically any material from the from the. So we we do mention it in the text, um, but it's not. Um, uh, no visuals. Oh yeah. yeah, I definitely loved those covers, especially the ones by uh, uh, Spaz Patrick Spaziente, where it was like yeah. just insane. He's basically like you know you know how um, they would draw Spider Man when he was just contorted and crazy. That's kind of the Sonic version of that. Um, but yeah, uh, it's yeah. A, it's yeah it's amazing. It, it, it's, it's such a long running series. It's uh, but it's you know it's a, it's a rights issue. So uh, that's yeah. uh, that's why. Yeah, that's no, it's understand. I mean reprints of I think the first nearly 200 issues are out there. So if people want them, they can find them. Um, and you, you know, with a book, like you said, you only have so much space. So I can even understand how, if there was comic art, it probably wouldn't take up a lot of room. Yeah. Um, I'm curious, there is a, so there's a collector's edition and there's a standard edition is the collector's edition. That's still available. I see. Yeah. Um, and that comes with a post or uh, an art print. And that's from uh, Yuji Yukawa. Yeah, uh, tell me a little bit about the process of that. Um, I see that he did all three Sonics, and I—that's where I saw that. Oh, you're going to have Sonic Boom in the book. Yeah, yeah. 
so yeah, we um, uh, we we talked to Sega, and uh, well, very early on, we we mentioned that we would want to have a um, uh, a print in the book and uh, an, an original print. I mean, we could always reprint an existing piece of artwork as a, as a separate print. Uh, but we posed the question to Sega if uh, Uekawa uh, would be interested, would be willing to do a new print. And um, well, he said yes. Uh, and um, basically, the feedback that we got was, okay, when uh, when do you need it by? Uh, <laughs> and um, it being it for the uh, for the um, for the 25th anniversary book, uh, which had, uh, you know, like I said. From some, from the very first Sonic game up to Sonic Boom, mm. this this was his own design. So it, it was not prompted by us. He came back with this uh, with this himself, which and it's it's a great print. It's a it's a twelve color screen print, which is a uh, very uh, hard to make. Most screen prints are maybe two or three colors. Uh, mm. Also, also from a cost perspective, because every color that you add uh, ramps up the the cost and the complexity. Um, and uh, so this is a two, 12 color uh, archival quality screen print and uh, yeah I'm really happy with how that uh, turned out it's beautiful yeah so if people want these they can find them it's uh, cnb.com and so there's the uh, collector's edition there's also a standard edition yeah um, differences what are the differences again the books uh, are the insides are the same uh so in terms of print quality uh the limited edition is hand numbered uh it comes with the um it comes with the with the screen print it comes with a with a special sleeve that also doubles as a book stand uh and with a really nice out luxury outer box design so it's uh um that's really like the the the, the collector's edition thing and we always designed this as this being a coffee table art book so if you have a nice coffee table uh, and you want to have a book uh, sitting there proudly in in your living room, uh, we design it in a way that you can really display it in in a nice way. Um, and it, um, yeah, it really um, uh, we 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 spend a lot of time on the graphical design of the book uh, um, and all the various elements, all little touches. It's beautiful, yeah, and. Um if, if you could tackle another Sega brand after this, because I know right now you're busy, you've, I'm sure you have a lot of projects in the future, but if you could make another Sega art book, uh, what franchise would you do? Oh, you that's, dream? <laughs> that's, uh, that's, uh, oh, that's, uh, that's a good one. Um, can, it, can it be Jet Set Radio, please? <laughs> oh, I'm a, I'm a big Jet Set Radio fan. It's uh, I, that's one of the games I really loved. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Res, um, mm. which, in terms of the rights, is a bit tricky. Um, Shamu is is fantastic. I really like Golden Axe. Uh, well, what don't I like? Uh, uh, a lot of the a lot of the games. Um, Maybe because it would be, it would I think it would be difficult to because Sonic is such a huge IP and there's so much material that that's really one of the brands that you could really do a separate book of. Mm-hmm. Maybe it would be cool to make a book about um, a couple of different eras uh, of of Sega games. So uh, maybe do uh, like uh, the Genesis era, the Dreamcast era, and, uh, and and tackle multiple games in one book. If 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 we wanted to do a follow up book, that would probably make the most sense. Yeah, you know, the 50th anniversary book, maybe, huh? Yeah, 50th anniversary <laughs> book, or, or just a Sega anniversary book in general. That would that, be really cool. I, I don't know would, what, it's It's always questionable what year they were officially founded because of so many different mergers and such, but yeah, uh, yeah. That, that would be cool. Um, well, I guess my final question would be, you know, you you work in the, uh, the world of um, art prints, art dealers, if someone's trying to look for a career in this sort of business, is there any advice you might give them to, you know, like how to start out, um, what sort of education or maybe experience you might want to look for? My, uh, well, the big thing is, um, and I'm involved with um, an, 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 a video game incubator organization in the, here in the Netherlands, uh, where we're based near Amsterdam. Um where we 
have a lot of people come just coming out of college that study game design or game art and they're starting their their businesses and, and video game studios if, if you want to be in the, the video game art business you really have to draw a lot uh you know just don't just go and do school projects um really develop yourself outside of uh, outside of what you have to do for school or for college you really need to draw a lot and what what is a big thing is um when you draw and you study um don't just go for comics other video games as a reference really try and develop your style through um um well going to a museum start drawing or doing studies for some of the the paintings that you see study anatomy which is very important uh but it's a it's a it's a tough business because the, the level the talent level is so high in uh, in uh, in the the video game um, art space in the entertainment business. It's just phenomenal what these uh, what these what these guys can do and can make. I'm I'm always in awe of uh, how fast and how uh, how uh, um, well also how fast they work, but uh, how you know what the, what their their skill level. But it's uh, it's yeah, it's really just draw 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 uh and 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 work on the on a variety one of the things is which is it's a bit of an in, in joke when we get portfolios of uh, uh young students starting out wanting to get into the video game business we always get a, a portfolio that features one orc or monster one weapon uh, uh um uh, one cyber ninja type of or cyborg, so <laughs> it's always these these the, the same type of themes. If you want to stand out, it, I think it would really um, um, try and draw and develop your your style a little bit outside of what is the um, superheroes, video game, robots, ninjas, dragon, fantasy type of stuff. So. If you can show that in your portfolio, then people can see at least, okay, he's, he's, he has interesting ideas, he has an original vision, and then if the technical level still needs work or needs development, then uh, you can always do that. Everybody can get, well, everybody, most people can get technically proficient, mm-hmm. um, but it's the ideas, and for to develop your ideas, I think you need to go very wide. Mm-hmm. That's also that's sort of also what we apply to with Cook and Mega when we work on this Sonic book. We always try to get some people on the project that are not necessarily gamers or don't really know video games that well, because then you get like an interesting uh, um, interplay between um, people that really know uh, the brands really well and uh, or the games very well and people that that don't. Mm. Um, so that leads to interesting ideas. Oh wow. Well, that's that's great advice. Um, so again, it's Cook and Becker. We're, we were talking here with Martin Brands. I want to thank you so much for chatting. Thank um, you. So if people want to find the book, it's at cnb.com, two editions. And of course, there's all these beautiful art prints. And it's not just Sega. You've got a lot of other uh, companies here that, you know, if people are interested in Naughty Dog, uh, Capcom, things like that, they can find it. Uh, social media-wise, you're at uh, Cook Beck. Yep, that's our Twitter. Yep. Um, Facebook, are you on Facebook? We're on Facebook as well. Uh, Facebook slash Cook and Becker. And we're also on Instagram. Mm. Uh, also as Cook and Becker. So that's uh, it's pretty straightforward. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> if you're listening, definitely follow all those because you get some really cool peeks at the upcoming book. The book's coming out soon. So um, yep. yeah, pre-order yep. that. I'm really looking forward to seeing it. I'm, uh, it's, it's, I know it's been a while for you and it's been a while for me from the first time I've seen Sonic art. And I'm like, Oh, I'd love to have a book of all this stuff. So you're doing it. Yeah, it's been, it's been great. It's been a, it's been a fantastic process to, to, to make the game, um, for everybody that's listening and has pre-ordered the book. Um, it's coming. It's only a couple of weeks away now. Uh, we're really finishing uh, It's at the printers for, for a reprint. Um, to make it as, as good as possible so it's it's very close and uh well if you did pre-order uh well definitely want to thank you for the support which is uh which has been uh which has been really great oh, awesome well martin thank you again for talking and you know once the book comes out um we'll be we'll be talking about it more i'm sure i'll i'll try to get around to doing a book review i know <laughs> i know people reading book reviews you know online but uh 
yeah, I think oh, definitely, it yeah, it. yeah, definitely. We'll uh, we'll we'll send you a copy, and uh, uh, we'll we'll try to have some videos up showing the book, and in the run up to release, uh, we'll 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 share some of the pages, some of the designs. So going forward, we'll we'll be able to reveal more uh, more about the book. Okay. Well, again, it's Cook and Becker, and thank you so much, Martin. Thank you. Segabits.com and you can find us on all major social networks. Just search Segabits. 